Hey everyone, welcome and welcome back. Jamie here with another episode of I'm Not Mentally Ill But, a space where we dive into the twisted reality of mental illness from a new perspective. On today's episode of I'm Not Mentally Ill But, my ex-husband was, I have Adrian, who is married to a narcissist. She spent many years with him and he is a father to her child. Today we're gonna be diving into her story and all that she has overcome. Before we dive in, I did just want to go ahead and give everybody a trigger warning. Due to the nature of my podcast, there is going to be some topics discussed that could potentially be triggering. Please be advised now. Welcome, Adrian. So glad to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I just think you have such, you know, an amazing story with everything that you're doing. Really just to have us like dive in, what is your definition of a narcissist? A narcissist to me is someone who is self-centered selfish, just really a self-centered type of person. How long were you actually with your ex-husband? We were together for seven years total and married for five. Got it. So you guys were together for quite an extended amount of time then. Yes. When did, would you say the red flags kind of started to show up in your relationship? I would say probably after the one year mark, I really started seeing different things. What were some of those red flags that you started to notice? Just the trying to crush my demeanor, um, belittle me in, in those ways. That stuff is really hard. I think that's where, you know, the emotional abuse comes in, where they're really just trying to make you feel really low about yourself. And I just emotional abuse is something that cuts so deep. Yes, it does. So prior to the red flags, because, you know, you guys were together for a year before those red flags started to show up. What was he like when you first met him? He was the perfect guy. He would open up my door, getting out of the car. You know, he showered me with gifts. Just the perfect guy all the way around. That's what it seems to be when, you know, when people have personality disorders, the narcissism, they really are this just like white knight that like swoops in and like saves the day. And then it gets to a point where they're no longer that white knight. And instead they're showing all of the negative qualities. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's hard. How was that for you when it kind of flip-flopped? It was really a shock because I didn't... I mean, I've heard of narcissism, but I really didn't like dive into it or understand it the way I do now. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, it was really a shocker. Like he acted like a completely different person. Which just probably had to be so hard to like wrap your head around because you're like, where is that guy that I first met? Exactly. So was there like a specific moment or situation that happened where it all of a sudden was like, boom, red flags? Um, Whenever he started to belittle me um, in the beginning, it really started to escalate. And I started putting two and two together and realizing or noticing a pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was at that moment when those moments I started putting everything together. 
what was that pattern that you started to notice? Every time we had a disagreement or I disagreed with him about anything, he would start the belittling process. I feel like it was on um, certain levels to where it increased and I started noticing that pattern. Okay, got it. So anytime you guys would get into any kind of like fight or altercation, it would immediately be the belittlement trying to like bring you down. Correct. Once the red flag started to show up, because you said they showed up about a year into your relationship. So you guys were still together for about six years after that. How did you kind of rationalize the red flags that, you know, were showing up in your relationship? It wasn't until that I started to notice, I started getting into therapy. Um, Therapy also um, helped me as well. And at that point, I would say it all kind of happened pretty quick, like within the year, whenever I noticed, and then I started to rationalize it. So it almost sounds like it took kind of an outside person to really make you see the true extent of what was going on. Exactly. Which actually makes a lot of sense. I think people kind of get in grooves of what their normal is. So if your normal became, you know, him belittling you when you got in arguments, it's really easy when you're in this situation to kind of be like, well, this is just how it is and not actually see the true like severity of what's going on. Right. Yes. Would you say that there was like a progression of his behavior? Oh, yes, definitely. How did that kind of look in your relationship? It was, again, I was, I was kind of in shock and just trying to process it all, actually going through it and then realizing that it's getting worse. And so at that point, I believe I, I started to come up with a, an out plan. Okay. So once you started to really see that, like, this was not a healthy space for you to be, you were like, I just can't continue to do this. Correct. Yes. Which I'm so glad you came to that because that is a hard like realization to come to because this was your life for, you know, seven years. This was your husband. This was the father to your child. So it is a really hard like realization to come to. Yes, it is. What would you say was your breaking point that caused you to leave the relationship with your ex-husband? Whenever it started getting bad in front of our daughter. And that, at that point, I was like, I cannot put my daughter through this any longer than she's already been through it. Mm-hmm. That was just the breaking point. And it's really interesting because I'll, in my mind, I was staying there because of my daughter, because I wanted her to be, you know, in a home with mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, whenever it started to increase my, my thought process changed. I needed to get her out. And I'm sure that that is just such an added dynamic that went into that because it is the father of your child. You, like you said, you want the home to be intact. And I'm sure like that just had to play such a huge factor in you wanting to stay in the relationship. Oh yes, absolutely. What kind of switched for you? Because, you know, in the beginning, you're like, I want to keep the home life together. But then there must have been a point where you were like, okay, the home life isn't the best option for me and my daughter. Yes. Whenever she started noticing things and saying things like, 
oh, daddy's mad at mom, you know, whenever I realized that she understood what was going on, that was definitely a turning point for me. Yeah, because when, you know, when she was first younger, she probably wasn't fully registering everything that was going on. But then once she gets to a point where she starts like recognizing, that does make sense that it was kind of like, okay, maybe I don't want my daughter to be exposed to this. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you handle knowing that you still have a tie to him because of your daughter? In the beginning, it was very overwhelming. Like I would literally be in tears just thinking about the fact that I had a tie to him because of our daughter. But with the help of my therapist and me coming to realization that I can't change this, I have to accept it, period. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on, you know, I I just accepted it, uh, I think was the biggest point for me to come into that point. Yeah. And I mean, acceptance is such a huge thing because it's not always easy. Like, I'm sure that wasn't just one day you woke up and you're like, I'm just going to accept everything that happened. But when you can do that, it really does help you like fully move on. Right. Yes. So throughout your relationship with him, how did you really handle kind of the ups and the downs that he put you through? Um, Very cautiously. I would say that I am the type of person that, you know, doesn't like conflict within itself. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of would just back away from him, like go sit in another room or sleep in the other room, kind of just try to get away as far as I possibly physically could. Did that always work for you? No. Not always, because he would then just come to me wherever I went. Got it. So he wasn't always accepting of you just trying to distance yourself from the situation. Right. Which that, I mean, when you live with someone, you can only go so many places and you had a child. So that's like a whole nother added layer where you probably just didn't have the privilege to be like, I'm leaving right now. Right. So going through what you went through for basically six years, what really was your saving grace that like kept you going and not giving up? My daughter, I would say that she really kept me focused to a certain degree as much as her little self could do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, She just really just kept me going. That's just so, that's so wonderful. And it's so important to kind of have something that keeps you going. Cause I mean, I'm sure you can speak to it when somebody is speaking down to you and making you feel bad that can really get you into a really dark place. Right. Yes, it can. When you guys got divorced, was that the only time that you tried to leave your ex-husband? I feel like that I would say it a lot, but I never did act on it. Um, so that was the only time that I physically left. So when you left him, how was it for you knowing that you were going to be leaving the next day? I was scared, afraid due to, you know, the financial aspect of it all feeling like I'm splitting my daughter's family up. It was a lot of different factors going through my head 
like, can I do this? You know, am I strong enough? Mm-hmm. Those type of things. Yeah. And I mean, you're really, you know, you're uprooting your whole life that you've had for seven years. So I'm sure there was just so many like emotions going through your brain, like you just said, because this is what you've known for the last seven years. And now you're going into the completely unknown of what's next. Yes. How was your family and friends when you wanted to get divorced? In the beginning, my family was not supportive because the whole time I was with him, I didn't tell anybody of what was going on in in our household. Mm -hmm. So my family was looking in like we were the perfect couple and I'm just leaving that I'm leaving a good man, quote unquote. So I know this is a very common thing for a lot of people who are in abusive relationships. What was your reason for not wanting to tell your family and friends about what was going on? Honestly, I didn't want them to look at him any type of way. I was still in that thinking process of protecting him. I didn't want, you know, I wanted my daughter, especially, you know, I was protecting him for her, her sake, even. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was the same for my family as well. Which makes sense. And I, I am never, I don't like the question why when you ask a survivor something, I don't like that question because it does kind of, it can have a negative connotation. Like, why didn't you do this? But the reason I'm asking you this is just because I think a lot of people don't understand that mentality. Um, And so I think it's just a really important topic to discuss because there's so many reasons why people stay in the toxic and abusive relationships that they're in. But I think a lot of people are kind of coming from a similar place to you where there's kind of that protection. You don't want people to look down on you. There's like a million reasons. That's why I just wanted to ask you kind of like, what was your thought process just so that people know it's, it's a really common thing to kind of hide what's actually going on. Right. So your family, they saw him as this wonderful, amazing guy. So was there kind of some disbelief on their part when you told them about everything that was going on? Oh yes, absolutely. They didn't believe anything that I was saying. And that had to be really hard. Oh, yes. Very hurtful. Very, very hurtful. So how did you get to a place where you kind of were accepting or understanding of them not believing you? Um, I kind of went to, I know, I know, and that's all that matters. I know and he knows. And that's amazing. And I love that you're there because I think a lot of people get really hung up on the fact that people don't believe me. Like, is this really true? Like making you kind of doubt yourself. But I think that's why, you know, that's why I hate those like why questions when you're talking to a survivor, because it doesn't matter why somebody made the decisions that they made. What matters is that they were abused. It's their truth. And I don't need to know anything else except for the fact that I'm going to believe your truth. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. How did your family get to a place where they changed their opinion? Did they get to a place where they started to believe you? I wouldn't say completely. It was a 
point where they just kind of accepted the fact um, I also showed them videos and that kind of thing. So, you know, they may have gotten to that point, mm-hmm. may have not, but I, they started to come around to the fact that I left. So they they have their own opinions, but they are now like accepting that you guys are divorced and all of that. Right. Yes. So it sounds like you kind of made the conscious decision to move past the fact that some people didn't believe you. Yes. How did you do that? Because that it's it's a hard thing to do. So how did you actually do that? I, I just went to the point or got to the point to where, again, you know, I know what happened. He knows what happened. And if they didn't believe it or if they believed it, it, it didn't change it. it. It wouldn't change anything. So I think I just kind of accepted that as well. Which that's so great. That's such an amazing place to be. So what what is life like now that you are no longer with a narcissist? I feel free. I feel like I am living a new and happy life non-toxic, going to therapy, getting even better. It's just, it's a, it's a great feeling. That's so wonderful. I think that's such a powerful word. Is that free? Cause I think a lot of the times when people are in an abusive relationships, you can feel very like caged in and very guarded. And so for you to feel free, I mean, that's just something I wish for every single person who has gone through something traumatic. Yes, me the same. So what has really been your healing journey? Like, how are you where you are now in life after going through being married to a narcissist for seven years? Uh, Honestly, that was the reason why I started the Instagram page that I run. And that was mainly my outlet and also the start of my healing process. Uh, I was able to anonymously post different posts and you know people not know who I am personally but I was able to I use it like a therapist a therapy session kind of Mm -hmm. thing um use that platform and I'm just I feel like a new person I'm healing every day you know it's it's a, a great feeling I love that. There is something about anonymity that is really helpful because it can really allow you just to say whatever you want to say, and you don't have to have your face or your personality associated with it. Yes, absolutely. So that's awesome. What is your Instagram called? It's called note to self narc recovery. I love that. Is there any um, like special characters or anything in that? Yes, it's going to be note to self underscore narc recovery. Wonderful. So is it really just you kind of talking openly about your experience and everything that you went through? Yes. Every step, every post that I post, I can relate to. And after I started the page, I noticed that a lot of people can relate to it as well. Yeah. No, I just think it's so great. I think you're doing such amazing things with your profile because a lot of people, you know, they have really amazing stories to share, but they're not always comfortable to share 
But there's something just so powerful about reading somebody else's post and being like, oh my gosh, I can totally relate to that. I've been going through that. And especially if nobody in your life or anyone you know is talking about it, it's so validating to see that you're not the only person that's going through the struggles that you're going through. Yes, absolutely. You're just doing such great things with it. So definitely check her out. If you are struggling, you know, with being in an abusive relationship, trying to leave an abusive relationship, check it out. Will you give me your name one more time? It's going to be note to self underscore narc recovery. Perfect. So just to kind of like wrap up, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you what tips or advice do you have to give other people who are currently in an abusive relationship or trying to leave an abusive relationship? I would say just find a focus, write down a goal, give yourself a time frame, enough time, and just execute it. Go for it. Yeah. Cause it's, it can be scary, but I mean, you're just living proof that you can have such an amazing, thriving, wonderful life, regardless of what you've gone through. And so that's why I just, you know, I love your story because I think you've overcome a lot, but you also are showing people that it doesn't have to define you and you can leave such a wonderful, fulfilling, successful life after going through a traumatic experience. Yes, absolutely. Perfect, Adrian. Well, I just so appreciate you coming on and sharing your story with me. Um, so just thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jamie. What you're doing is really, really helping a lot of people. It's actually been my personal therapist section as well. Love that. <laughs> so I appreciate what you're doing. Awesome. Well, like I said, thank you so much for being on and you just have such an amazing story and I just wish you all the best in your recovery and continue to be the amazing human that you are. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of I'm not mentally ill, but as always, my guests are just so amazing and I'm so thankful for their bravery and being willing to share their stories with myself and with all of you. If you're listening and you have a story to share, please reach out to me. My Instagram is the other side underscore MI, or you can email me jamie at the other side of me.com. Every Wednesday, we're going to be getting into some mind blowing topics. So tune in because you won't want to miss it. <laughs>